Hey everybody, my name's Bob, and welcome to Late Night Playlist. Grab your favorite adult beverage and get ready to talk about the album of the week with my friends and me. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the Late Night Playlist. Bob here. My normal co-hosts have taken the evening off. Something about renting a van and traveling the country to solve mysteries with their dogs. I don't know what they were talking about, but we'll see. But don't worry, they'll be back for the next show. Tonight, we have a special show about how to make guitars. Our special guest tonight is Jay Durham, the proprietor of Garage Band Guitar Works, a guitar luthier extraordinaire. Uh, is extraordinaire the right word? We'll, we'll use novice first to start with. A guitar luthier <laughs> novice extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> and we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about our our favorite topic guitars absolutely good to be here thanks jay it's good to have you here so how you doing today super awesome trying to trying to battle the snow here and uh we, we had a, a couple inches of it fall yesterday and this is why i use the novice term instead of the extraordinaire term my shop is in my garage and it's not heated um, so I, I did. I chose not to go out and, and cover myself in sawdust today because it was just too cold. I understand. My rowing machine's in my garage, and I chose not to row today because it's just too cold. Smart move. Yeah. There's there's a, there's other reasons. There's other reasons why you should have chosen not to row. But we won't right. go into <laughs> So uh, I guess I guess let's start at the beginning, right? How did you get into making guitars? So um, I've been. At, uh, uh, I'll use the term novice again, uh, woodworker for years. My dad had a, a, a pretty good shop. He was a CB in the Navy. So he always was building something out of wood in the garage. So I, I was always woodworking from the time I could, you know, afford to buy a thing, it, whether it was a Dremel tool or a, a, you know, a handsaw, I was making something out of wood. So later in life, I started accumulating enough tools to have fun and actually start doing some, some furniture making small things, uh, you know, jewelry box here and there, some some kind of odds and ends for the wife and shelves and picture frames, junk like And then I, I didn't start playing guitar until about 2009. Like everybody, you, you get better and better as time goes by and you start wanting to tweak your guitar, right? It doesn't play right. Uh, what's this truss rod thing? You know, uh, should I even mess with that or is that too scary? So I started kind of just tweaking with my guitar and, and wanting to learn how to set it up right. And that's kind of how it just started rolling from there. Um, next thing you know, I was doing the same thing for buddies. And I guess about 2018, I'm, well, no, let's say I'll go, I'll go to earlier than that, 2016. I'm in Okinawa, Japan, which I know you know intimately. Um, and I had a Marine that was building a guitar. And it instantly it was, you know, attracted to this young man, like, holy cow, you're doing what? You know, he lives in the barracks and, uh, and, and he was putting together a guitar and, and I was already, you know, pretty decent player. And, and I, you know, I had been doing some setup work and just kind of moderate repair work and stuff for friends. But once I saw what this kid was doing, like in his barracks room with nothing but hand tools, I was just blown away and um, decided in the back of my mind somewhere, there was a seed planted right there. It's like, I, I got to start doing it. I, you know, once you get back to the states and, and I get my full complement of wood tools back, you know, uh, I, I'm going to get into this. 
So that that's what you know. I fast forward to kind of 2018 time frame, and uh, and and I set up the garage here when we moved into this house uh, for for woodworking and and started deliberately saying I want to I want to dabble in this guitar making thing and see what it's all about. I feel like I'm I'm I'm, I'm long winded. So if you got if if you want to interject, feel free because I'll just keep on rambling. <laughs> that's what the editing process is for. Uh, by the way, what you drinking? So, right, I'm drinking, uh, it's a whistle pig piggyback. It's a six-year-aged rye whiskey. Um, cool. And, and then I got some lemon juice and some bitters mixed in there with it and some ice. Okay. Is that is that called anything specifically? Or? It's, a, it's a, a knockoff old-fashioned, I guess. You know, it's, it's a poor man's old-fashioned because there's going to okay. be. I've already added once I run low, I just add a little bit more of the whiskey pig and it, and it's kind of like coffee without creamer after you right. go to the second, third, and fourth <laughs> cup, it just ends up being straight black coffee. Right. I do the same thing with a cup of coffee. By the way. That's, that's the, that's the whistle pig. By the end of the night, you don't notice the difference anyway. So. Yes, yeah, exactly how it works. It balances out. Right. Uh, it takes it by the, the, you know, fourth or fifth glass of this, it'll taste just like the first. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly how it should be. So that's interesting. Whistle pig. I need to write that down somewhere. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had any of that. A whistle pig. They make a, I don't know, they got an 18 year aged and a 12 year aged. Uh, this one's only six year aged, so they call it the piggyback. It's a little bit on the cheaper side. Oh, yeah, because they didn't have to, uh, to age it quite as much. Yeah. Didn't they, take up the storeroom. Right. Yeah. And they're probably, you know, I don't know. I always wonder if these companies are legit or not. Is it really, you know, a 12 year aged whiskey or, but yeah, I, I, uh, I think the first thing I did, you know, through a lot of research, figuring out, okay, this was, this is something I want to do. Um, what's involved? What does it take? Um, I stumbled upon, there's probably, guitar players who dabbled in, in setting up their own guitar that know about Stuart McDonald, Stu Max, a well-known uh, seller of luthery tools and parts and pieces and anything under the sun. You want to upgrade a, a tuner, a set of tuners or uh, get a new bridge or whatnot. They, they got it all. Right. Uh, so that was kind of the dabble in there is getting into Stu Mac and saying, well, what do you got to offer? They, uh, they sell kits. So that was the, the first experimentation you know let's see what's involved and am i, am I gonna like this i got one of their kits was that like their their strat kit their fender kit or their telekit their les paul kit i will say out of all the you know fast forward into to 2022 now out of all the instruments i've built i've, I've built two uh, ukuleles uh, one of them was the very first kit i got from student hmm. and you said free was my favorite word. Uh, I, I'm a I'm penny pincher, like like you read about. Um, so while I'm doing this, figuring out if this is something I want to get into or not, I looking at the prices. I said, "Well, this uh, ukulele kit looks pretty pretty cheap. Let's see what it is." <laughs> um, and you know, instant after I got the thing, started busting it open and, and and going through it, just because I've, I've been very familiar with woodworking for years, I, I instantly knew I. I uh, I, I under, undershot my, my goal there because this was super easy. Um, in fact, I, the, and then the more I started researching, I found out that um, there's a couple of different organizations that do charities with children and 
whether it's church groups, there's a couple different things they do, um, activities for kids, right? There's one that goes to Stumac and buys all these ukulele kits and they get kids together and they actually build, they teach kids, um, whether they're inner city kids who just need a hobby or, or um, you know, Big Brother program, I think did one. And they get these kids together in a room and they build ukulele, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, it teaches them not, not just a potential trade and how to use tools and stuff, but it gives them some self-worth and they get to take a ukulele home, which isn't bad either. So um, it's that whole teaching kids music part that's, that plays into it. So I say all that to say that building the ukulele is super easy. Uh, they, they have kids doing the same thing. I want to be student kids. No, no. Was that, uh, was that like a tenor ukulele? It was. Um, so, you know, you, you, get, you probably know. Um, I keep looking at your palm trees and your ocean background. Uh, so, uh, I spent my time about, in Hawaii. Sure. Yeah, I'm telling you about <laughs> ukuleles. Obviously, you know, there's like sopranos and the tenors and the and the, uh, the real tiny one, whatever that was called. There's the baritone. Yeah, I I got the tenor ukulele set, and and instantly, like I said, I, I noticed that this was going to be just ridiculous easy to put together. So I decided to to church it up a little bit. It's got you know some really cool mother of pearl inlays on it i gave it to my daughter like i don't know if i mentioned that yet or not it's mm -hmm. you know a gift for her so i put her initials in, in mother of pearl on the headstock and uh did some binding out of some 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 shell material and then i actually did a, a pzo electric bridge so it has a an output jack on the bottom of it instead of just a regular end pin for, for a strap that, that it came with a little plastic end pin you know so i put the electric output back there where, where the strap goes and it's so now she can plug it into an amp and drive us all crazy while she tries to learn to play <laughs> I, I say that joking she's actually pretty good she's she's a singer she's been in choir quite a bit so she 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 has another ukulele that we got for her in okinawa i think that one is her favorite because it's got some sentiment to it but the one i made her it hangs on the wall and she uses it once more that's that's kind of the first thing that i put together you know from scratch so to speak it was a kid but uh you know, you got to, you still, there's a whole lot going on. You got to bend wood, um, learn how all the supports and the, the cross braces work and, you know, tune the soundboard. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of lessons learned on that first kit, but it, it went pretty quickly to a full-sized, a kit that was modeled after a, a Martin D28 that I put together. And, uh, and again, through that process, learned that I'm, I'm probably a little bit more capable than the average kit guitar buyer just because of the woodworking skills I have. So I decided to church that one up too and made some some fancifications on the on the on the bindings and the, the dot fret markers and, and whatnot. But, right. But uh after that it was kind of just up and running I started buying finding wood and and came up with different ideas and, and the, the electric guitar stuff started kind of coming coming to more into the picture. And that's where most of everything I make is, uh, is, is electric knockoff, you know. That's what I was going to ask you, because the first two, you, you mentioned, you know, a ukulele and then the, the Martin. Uh, and then I, I see the electric guitars behind you there. And the guitars that I've seen that you've sent me pictures of before uh, were, were electric for the most part. So I didn't know if, if you had some sort of a plan where it was one acoustic, one electric or what your thoughts were if you're just going straight electric now no i definitely not i built a couple of acoustics just because I, the, there's a there's more refined woodworking in it and, and that drew me in 
Um, somewhere in the middle of there, I decided to make a, a Telecaster. And, and that, that wasn't from a kit. That was just from, from doing some research and getting some templates. Uh, tooling is, is one of the big things I spent the first couple of years doing. Just every, every guitar I made, there's an excuse to buy a new tool, whether it's a template for the shape or a template for routing specific types of pickups that I'm putting in or, uh, you know, whole patterns for where, where the bridge is going to be and whatnot. And uh, every, every guitar I've built, I've found this used to go out and either make on my own or, or buy a, a tool or a template or a jig uh, for that project. And, and, that, and that led me down a couple different paths. I, I threw together a Telecaster, relatively easy to, to build. And then kind of kept going back to every once in a while, I'd, I'd start a, a, an acoustic. And, and I haven't ventured too far off of something similar to a Martin uh, D28. I, I changed the shapes of the bounce a little bit. Um, I got to where I could bend, bend my own sides. So there was some room for experimentation there. And, you know, there's a whole lot of science that goes into that. You know, it's not just accidental that uh, the shapes that our you know, well-known guitar makers settle on are not accidental. <laughs> there's right. some... There's some math and the resonance and the bouncing around the sound sound of that the size of that sound hole sound hole has a lot to do with it. shaping the the x bracing on the on the actual soundboard and, and playing with that there's been lots and lots of firewood made probably three full finished acoustic guitars and and most of the time those would be because i got asked to uh, my wife has a, a friend that um her dad is a guitar player and she wanted to make something special for him for Christmas. So rewind, uh, you know, eight months earlier, I said, okay, I think I'll, I got time to do this. And, and it, it took about eight months. Just, just got that one out the door. Actually, we were a little late bringing it down to South Carolina. The, the, the electrics have been where I gravitate to most, not just because I think they come out quicker, but most of the people that I've been asked to, to make something for one of the electric. A little more popular. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and when I tell them, you know, the price and the time, it, it, the conversation quickly goes towards, well, you know, I can do a Telecaster in six months and, you know, it's 1200 bucks. Uh, if we start talking about the acoustic, it's it's over a year and, and the price goes up. Depending on what they want on it, it goes up quite a bit. It's been, like I said, most of the tooling that I've done uh, as far as, getting the right kinds of things for, for going forward, making things. Um, I've, I've been a little bit quicker about tooling up for some of the electric builds that I've done. I'm going to go back to the acoustics for a second, just because you, you know, that's mostly I play acoustics. Although like you, I made a, uh, I made an electric from a Stumac kit. Yeah. Nice. What, what kind of, what kind of, a 335. Oh, okay. A semi, semi hollow type of, it's okay. It's not completely firewood. I use it every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, you know, as long as it's, if it hangs on the wall and it's, and it's cool looking, you got a story and you can pull it down and play a song on it. That's all that matters. Right. right. It, it is cool looking. Uh, I could probably pull it down and play a song on it. Maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> not a good one, but you never know. But uh, you mentioned the D28. Is that the only size that you've been making so far? It, it is. And I thought about, so, you know, this goes into the electric conversation too. Um, 
so far everything that I've made is is a, a knockoff of something. You know, I'm I've done a couple of Les Paul builds that were they were definitely Les Paul shaped to, to the novice. So you look at them and like, oh, that's 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 a Gibson Les Paul. Uh, but it had some Paul Reed Smithisms to it. One, one of them that I just finished, the guy I built it for, had, he had his other, you know, primary guitar is a Paul Reed Smith. So, you know, scale length, right? So the, the distance from the from the nut to the bridge and which determines the layout of the frets and the spacing and, and all that, uh, there's there's differences. And if you're, you're muscle memory while playing, if you're switching from one to the other and, and you can do that seamlessly, then you probably need to start getting paid for your guitar playing. But most people, there's a difference. You know, if you pick up, uh, you look at the guitars behind me, I, you know, I got a, a Gibson SG and things spaced out and I get it next to it, uh, a little Fender Strat. And if I don't catch myself when I switch between those two, I'm, I, I slop up things just because the spacing is just different. The, uh, the neck radius is different and all that. So I made, I made his, he wanted the Les Paul, but I, I kind of, rope-a-doped him a little bit and he doesn't understand the amount of work that went into the fact that the string spacing is Paul Reed Smith and the radius on the neck is a is a 10-inch radius which is which is pretty unique to Paul Reed Smith's but everything else looks like a Les Paul and, and which turned out great I've never done that before. I don't think I've ever even touched a guitar that was laid out that way the brake angle on the on the neck combined with Paul Reed Smith radius and stuff it, it really made for unique string action and playability but i said all that to answer your primary question uh, all of the tools that allow me to do that you know slotting the frets on the fretboard at the various places um it, it takes time to, to acquire all that and figure out how to use it and make it a little bit of firewood in between and i haven't done that for any on the acoustic side i haven't done that for anything other than a, a, a d28 style acoustic and then I haven't done that on the, the electric side for anything besides Telecaster, Caster, and, and Gibsons. But I want to start dabbling now that I've gotten a lot more comfortable with, you know, how things work mathematically, right, and uh, technically. I want to start tweaking things a little bit and come up with some of my own things. But that involves retooling, you know, those things, different body shapes, maybe different scale lengths, and, and making something that's a little bit more unique. I think I'll probably start doing that with with electrics first, not, you know, probably because it'll be a little easier. But I have been doing, you know, lots and lots of research and reading on acoustics um, to do the same kind of a thing. And, uh, and I'm excited about the idea of, of a smaller parlor type guitar, maybe a double O size um, with that, just just as far as you know, making my own kind of shapes and uh, kind of retooling, so to speak, for, for that for that process. I am, and I go back to, you know, using the term novice, there there's some schools, you know, you go to blue tree schools and learn how to do all this stuff and, and get, you know, getting licensed, certified, however you want, whatever word you want to put in there. There's all kinds of people working in, in fields that don't have degrees to do so. But when you have, you know, something hanging on your wall that says you were trained by, you know, Roberto Vin or a couple of the other Lutheran schools, you know, here in America. There's a one in Spain that, I've, you know, if I could talk the wife into tweets away from her uh, and, and flip the bill there, that would be, you know, just super fantastic. But uh, I think I'll probably wait until I get some actual training under my belt before I start dabbling in, in uh, something unique on the acoustic side of the house. But uh, 
I, I am looking at dipping my toes in the, the building my own something uh, on the electric side of the house. I want to get some some official Luthery training under my belt before I start. You know, I've hung a plaque outside, so to speak, in terms of kind of kickstarting uh, um, this, this garage band guitar works thing. But so far, that's just been for friends and family and a, f- a few knockoff just random like, hey, I heard you build guitars type of things. But a lot of that's mostly just fixing something here or there, or giving people advice. And, and I, I'm still I'm still novice in that business orientation part too, because a lot of the stuff I just give away. You know, I'm not charging people for <laughs> things that I probably should be. Now you mentioned before when we were talking about the Les Paul slash Paul Reed Smith hybrid that you made, you were talking about the the strangeness of the break angle on the mm. on the neck for that so yeah. how did you one make the break angle and how did you decide what the break angle had to be since it was a a strange break angle from what gibson normally does and what from paul reed smith normally does so a little bit of dumb luck um because i i just kept it all the break angles are are less paul angles the neck angle you know, is that standard four degrees? The, the I'm using a tunematic bridge, so the distance from you know the tailpiece to the bridge is is what it is. There's a you know standard what is it a 1.5 degree plane, if you will, for the pickups. I'll, I just left all of that alone. It's it's pure Gibson Les Paul geometry, if you will. The difference came in where uh, just doing setup, right? So playing with the, the distance on the nut, you know, kind of raising the lower strings and then, and then the right strings. I set it up for, I, I use stay in tune, uh, sit as a, as a company that makes strings uh, there at Ohio. I don't want to bore you or whoever ends up listening to this thing, but you know, you, you, if you got a piece of steel and you, no matter what it is, let's say it's the A string and you, you pull it across a set distance until it's tuned to 440 hertz or, or whatever you know string you're talking about. If you change that distance a little bit, like I did by monkeying with this this Les Paul to make it a, a Paul Reed Smith scale length, that string still has to reach whatever tension is required to make it tune to an A. It means it's either bouncier or, in this case, you know it's a little bit more flex to it. You know it, it's going to the oval of a, uh, vibration is a little bit more. You're a little bit more likely to get some fret buzz. So raising the bridge up a little bit, lowering the nut a little bit, just kind of doing that dance until the setup was right. And, and I got the action that the, the customer wanted and, and without any kind of buzz, you know. The, the guy is good enough of a player. He plays in his church band and, and everything. He doesn't appreciate necessarily the, the geometry involved in all of that, but he appreciates the sound. And, and it's unique and it has a unique feel and a, and a unique vibration under the fingers, so to speak. Um, and so it, it, he loved it. He was thrilled with it. Uh, and, and there was probably not the right place to experiment. <laughs> you know, if, if I'm building something that's going to sit here in the office behind me and, and I might uh, pick it up and play with it once in a while, that's probably where I should have started experimenting. But this, is, this was his, his <laughs> ask. I just threw in the PRS radius and, and, and scale it just because I knew that it was his other guitar. You know, he does some some pretty good solo work and stuff too. So he he appreciates the the muscle memory pieces just there. He doesn't have to doesn't have to adjust when he switches guitar. 
and and next time you know there was you learn <laughs> if i have if i have to do that again i'll probably will we'll just go research and again retooling right templates for putting together that neck he, he was very specific about the piece of curly maple that he wanted for his neck so i, I had to make that from scratch and, and i have the templates and everything for it last fall i don't have templates for a prs if i had it to do over again i would probably spring for some some templates to, to make a prs neck so i get that that break angle the way paul had it uh, and then i wouldn't have to do so much song and dance but it, it did work out i think it, it turned out pretty good let me shift gears just for a second here and and talk about your website. Yeah. One, so that everybody knows you have a website for who whoever it is that happens to listen to this knows that you have a website and to go to it. And it's at uh garagebandguitarworks.godaddysites.com, right? Yep. Yep. And, and that goes back to me being uh kind of a, a penny pitcher. I, I didn't want to pay GoDaddy the extra, you know, 12 bucks a month or whatever. So they still got their moniker on my website for now. And it's kind of an experimentation. I don't want to dump a bunch of money into it until I know whether or not this is going to be something I continue to use for customers. Word of mouth has been working enough, uh, you know, because I still have a full-time job right now. Uh, eventually, you're going to run out a full-time job, though. Yeah, that's where you know, I wanted to get the, the domain name claimed, so to speak, and, and at least have a, a website out there. So, so did you build the website yourself? Did you... I, I did. I mean, I, I used the, the tools that uh, between Google and, you know, they, they have a pretty cool set of tools that's free and the GoDaddy offers some tools for building it. So it, it, there wasn't a, a whole lot of work into building the website. In fact, going back through it uh, already, I, I sat down with a, a couple of guys that are thinking about buying a guitar the other day and I showed them the website and look, looking through the gallery on there. And I don't like the way that's laid out. Uh, for whatever reason, on my home computer, it looked great, but they have a, a different, GoDaddy has a different thing for mobile devices. And, and on the phone, I just couldn't, I was going through showing them some of my past builds and whatnot, and, and the phone wouldn't zoom in right. And, and I ended up just texting them photos of my old builds. <laughs> but I, I'm going to do some more work to it, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a first offering, so to speak. Right, right. It's It's a start. Yeah, but I thought yeah, it looked yeah. pretty good. Now I'll admit I didn't look at it on my phone. Yeah, they got the good versions. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the uh I saw the one the one the one that made me laugh was you had a picture of the Blues Brothers yeah. on a uh, on a telecaster. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's this is my kind of place. I so a quick quick story about that that guitar. Um I outsourced that. Uh <laughs> There's a buddy of mine uh, named Steve Phelps who who does some uh, some work on uh, engraving and, and hand carving projects. He he makes flags and other other any anything you want really. But his big thing is uh, gun holders. Now, you know, I don't want to scare away any of your audience, but uh, he's a big gun guy and he he does really good work by hand carving in into into wood for the things that he does and I, I told him what i was working on and i actually brought him a couple pieces of wood and, and he's like oh this is easy i can do this in my sleep you know so i i actually had a um uh, a telecaster body and I, I gave it to him and he put that blues brothers uh, picture on there so now I'm, I'm i'm actually gonna finish that up and turn it into something for someone else 
So it's, you know, it's kind of relieved and then hand painted, which is the other thing that, that Steve Phelps does. And I, I've made a couple of attempts at that kind of artwork on my own and, and uh, I, I'm, I don't have the, the patience for it. One of the other bills that I did, there's a, a cavity cover on the backside of one of the, the Les Paul builds that I did. That's the first Marine Division logo. It's, yeah, I see uh, that. Which is, you know, it's normally a triangle. The cavity cover on the back of the Les Paul is somewhat triangle shaped, so we put it there. But Steve did that graving and then the painting on that as well. So that, that it, it's kind of neat. You know, I haven't given him any kind of royalties for that. I, I built a guitar for his son. We, we, trained, we traded uh, some, some artwork <laughs> and some skill sets for, for for a while there, but uh, I'll probably be asking him to do some things again in the future if I get odd requests for for carvings and engravings, that type of thing. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I never for a second thought that that was a, an etching. That's really good. When I gave that to him, I marked out where I was going to put the bridge and the, and the pickups and everything, and and he kind of just went to town. And I'm not exactly sure how that's going to turn out yet. There's There's still some it's a little bit fluid still, but uh, I want to, I want to, you know, the, I've got some ideas about inlays on the neck that, uh, that tie in the blues Brothers theme. And, um, it, and that, that one's kind of just for fun. I don't know if you can have a, uh, not enough space to put some sort of a cop car on there. I don't know. Yeah. There's gotta be a cop car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to the, the, the garage band guitar works was a, was a, a, a name that kind of just came to me. I, so I, I kind of just came up with the name for the guitars I built now were for, for younger players. And, uh, and it's really cool to just see them kind of come alive. I'm like, man, this is the thing. You always say, you know, to someone who's new, uh, leave, leave your guitar out, make it stare at you. You're going to pick it up and practice it more often if it's in your face and staring at you. Right. The younger kids, uh, I think that's more important for And if they got a thing that was built, you know, a custom guitar and, you always hear about you know rock stars, you, get, you know famous people, rich people. They get a custom made guitar once they get you know famous and can afford it. Uh, the idea of having something that's it's pretty damn good uh, and and plays pretty sweet, uh, but it was built for you, and and you got a kid who's inspired to continue to pick it up and learn learn the craft. That that's kind of what gets me jazzed up. Uh, and if I can do a few of those a year, I'm happy. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. You know, because there's there's obviously a market out there for that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. and, and I understand you're not wanting to, to do 600 of them a year. Right. Right. But, uh, there's definitely, you know, there's, there's the opportunity, there's the desire and you're right. It, even if those kids don't ever grow up to become the next Eddie Van Halen, they, they can at least grow up to enjoy music and making it, which is far more important than being the next Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it inspires people to do other cool things with their life. So, uh, we we settled on the garage band guitar works. Is that that's kind of the niche I wanted to fall into? Just building building guitars for kids that are playing in the garage, and you know, whether or not they become someone famous or not. But, um, and and when I say kids, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a forty eight year old kid. Right, too. kids at heart. Right, kids at heart. Absolutely. Uh, so. You know that, that that's the the, the idea is to, to cater to those guys that are like uh, still trying to figure out if they want to learn Stairway to Heaven or if they want to just learn some cowboy chords, and uh, when they play in their garage and 
only cater to themselves. You know, why not have a custom made? <laughs> really interesting stuff, Jay. I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about that this evening. You know, this is uh, the world needs more, more custom guitars in it. I know that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have enough myself. Right. So. <laughs> you know, I used to have one. Did, did yeah, you? I did. And, and I don't know if it's actually That's the one that you made because you did make yourself. Well, one. I did. I did make that one. Yeah. And uh, uh, I guess I guess you could call that one a custom guitar, but I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, but I uh, do you remember the guitar company? And I don't remember what their name is now, but they changed their name years ago. Carvin. Mm, Carvin. Yeah, it was C-A-R-V-I-N was the name of this guitar company. And they they sold guitars, you know, as as is. Yeah. But you could also contact them and order a custom-made guitar. Oh, okay. You know, within nice. within certain specifications. Yeah, sure, sure. And I did that maybe 2000. 10 2012 sometime around in there i ordered okay. i ordered a a custom made guitar from them uh and and it was a it was a very nice guitar it was an electric guitar uh which is why i don't have it anymore i just never played it and i hated to keep it when i just never played it uh i went against exactly what like you said you know instead of uh sitting it out so it bothered me every day so i was forced into playing it uh, right. it, yeah. it stayed in the case while the acoustic guitar set out. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, it was. Well, that, that, that's what you gravitate towards anyways, the, the acoustics right. sounds like. Yeah. So I never, I never really got around to playing it. So one day I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to move it on to a home where somebody will enjoy it. Nice. Now, did you, so did you find somebody that, that was uh, interested in it? Yeah. Yeah. I found a, uh, I found somebody that uh, enjoys playing electric guitar and mm -hmm. got got it into their house instead of in mine so so now what was uh custom about it what was it that was unique that you had them do for you uh i had i had specially wound pickups on it okay uh they were hot yeah because uh, uh i said i don't uh i don't play much electric but when i do you know, I'm more, I'm more along the lines of uh, punk and heavy metal than, yep. than anything else. And I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I had hot pickups. I made it, uh, you were talking about PRS and it's actually what, what threw me into the mind of it because uh, it was a strat body, but I had the, I had the scale 25 inches instead of 25 and a half. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I had 25 inches on it, uh, but uh, just to make it a little bit looser, like you were talking about. And yeah. other than that, that was the only things that were completely off. But that's that's enough to make somebody go, "Hmm, how do I make this neck?" So yeah, yeah, sure. Well, that so that, and that that's funny you mentioned that too. That that's one of the we uh, talked earlier about tooling up and, and things that I want to do in the future. Um, just filling my own my own pickups, turning my own pickups is something I definitely want to get into. Um, as I learn about the different offerings that are out there, so to speak, um, there's there's things that 
don't fill the gaps in between, you know, and, uh, and there's just so much you can do if you can control all of that. Uh, is it scattered wound? Is it straight wound? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the idea of being able to offer that as I listen to a customer talk to me about the type of things they play or the type of things they want to play, right. the type of music that, that turns them on. If, if, if they're, even if it is a garage band, if they're, if they're playing along with some punk or if they're playing along with some, you know, some, some Joe Saturani that, you know, I, I could go buy pick pickups for that person and put them in there. But if I could uh, wind my own pickups and, and get them uh, a true custom build, uh, that that's, that's something that I, that I want to get into. And, and it's the more, I, the more I look into it, uh, it's super easy. It's not that complicated. Right. Um, but yeah, hot, hot, hot pickups are, are definitely fun to play with. Yeah. So that was, that was my foray into it, but, uh, that's been years ago and I don't have it now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a hard time letting go of guitars. So they, they tend between the ones that I just had and the things that I'm building, whether I'm experimenting, with, um, know fiddling with something here and there they just keep growing i think i got a t-shirt somewhere with the the wife is not that happy with the amount of guitars that keep holding up. <laughs> uh, you know something about i got a shirt somewhere that says something about the wife the number of guitars can i get another one and so I, that's that's another reason why i just started building them right that's probably a smart thing to do yeah you know smaller boxes show up at the house she doesn't know what it is right so. she doesn't notice it as much right yeah I, I don't uh i don't buy guitars anymore but it seems like uh uh i get willed them a lot you know if i know somebody that passed away uh yeah. somehow magically a guitar ends up in my house and i can't get yeah. i can't get rid of those you know for sure yeah so, no uh, we we have uh my my wife's grandfather was actually in a, a country music band in the 50s a garage band, so to speak, cut a couple records, which was a big deal at that time, but they didn't really go anywhere. But he had a, a Fender Strat that we actually have, you know, got willed to my son. That uh, it, like you said, you can't get rid of it. Right. So I, pulled, I pulled it down, set it up, the full setup on it, replaced the nut, and uh, it's all original. But it plays beautifully, but it never really comes off the wall. It's it's kind of hanging up. It's the, uh, yeah, definitely one of the ones you can't get rid of. But there's, there's, there's some other ones that have collected up over the years that I could absolutely part with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit on the lazy side, maybe, you know, all these moves uh, <laughs> once I retire and actually settle into one house, uh, I might have to start making room, but uh, who knows. You got a big backyard, right? You can build on an extra, a guitar room in the back. That's actually in the works there. Uh, <laughs> back to the forever house. There's already some plans in the works for, you know, making the garage a little bigger and whether it's a guitar room or, or uh, a shop for, for making sawdust into guitars, but uh, that's definitely part of the plan. You know, I used to always joke, I'm going to live in a van down by the river. And I would, and then when I got into this hobby and, and started actually doing this a little bit more seriously, I said, well, the van can tow a trailer, you know, I can, I can fit most of these tools in a trailer and I can still keep working. Uh, obviously i'm about growing that <laughs> yeah if you had the van and the and the a big enough trailer i think you'd have everything yeah 
Yeah, the van's probably got you know to turn into an RV because the wife's going to want to come, and, and that lets the trailer grow. And uh, you know, you tour around the different music festivals and, and different uh, things. There's there's all kinds of stuff out there, uh, but you still got to have home. Uh, the idea of adding some some workspace onto the house there in North Carolina is, is definitely in the works. Well, I, I think we've got an awful lot. So. Yeah, if you're, uh, like I said, you know, if you start going through it and there's some questions that come to mind or any any other things you want to hit. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I think we've got everything we need, but uh, I'll definitely let you know. I will be in okay. contact with you. It's been great talking to you again. Yeah, for sure, man. And I will, uh, I, you know, it'll be a year or so, but I'll be back to the area once I retire. So we'll definitely have to get together and jam and, and drink in person. That sounds like a good idea. All right, man. Okay. I will talk to you later. All right. Have a good evening. Yep. You do the same. Take care, bud. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Late Night Playlist. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the Late Night Playlist. If you didn't enjoy this episode, don't forget to follow the Late Night Playlist. Anyway, next episode, Derek, Tom, and Brett will all be back from their drunken escapades that they've been off on. And we will be talking about the album, I've Got the House to Myself, from David Greer. I hope to see you there. Until next time, I hope all your late nights are good ones.